everybody. Welcome to Dulce America. My name is Bing Futch. Thank you very, very much for joining me. Last week, we had some summer strumming. For those of you who maybe just joined up with the Mountain Dulcimer, or those who needed a little bit of a fundamental refresh, we went over some time signatures, 2-4, 3-4, and 4-4. We strung through them, and we also added accents to make things interesting. Well, this week, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to take our time signatures, and we're going to move them around with chords and get the right hand and the left hand working together. But before we go deeper into that, I want to say hello to one of my patrons from Patreon, Michelle Aldrich. Michelle, thank you so very, very much for joining up. And thanks for this spring when you invited me to come over to your mountain home in Salem, Oregon, hang out with you and your family and friends and share fellowship, meal, and uh, music. We got to jam and hang out all night. It was so much fun, and thank you so much for that. I look forward to doing it again very, very soon. As soon as possible, really. Um, and those of you uh, who are hearing a lot about Patreon, not only from me, but maybe from followers of other Mountain Dulcimer players like Aaron May or uh, Brett Bridgeway or Wendy Sanj or Butch Ross, these are all folks who are on Patreon doing different things with their content, their videos, their music, their uh, you know, workshop material, their tablature, all kinds of stuff. We're all doing something a little bit different. And what I'm doing basically is I've offered up everything I've ever produced for the past 30 years for $5 a month, and new stuff comes along every single week. So I've got a number of patrons who are part of a community, and Michelle is part of that community, and every single day I wake up and I ask myself, what can I do for these people? It's my primary focus, and it has been my primary focus since 2014, and I'm looking forward to many, many more years of doing this sort of stuff. It's amazing. It's the modern-day life of the 16th and 17th century patron writ large. It's pretty awesome. If you'd like to find out more about it, travel down to the URL, patreon.com slash bingfutch. There, you'll find a featured tag section at the top of every page. And if you click on the open house, you're going to find loads of free downloads, and you can keep them all if you think it's a good, you know, thing. Think about getting into it for $5 a month. That is less than the cost of a caramel macchiato at Starbucks. And I know because I buy them all the time. So if you think you might want to join up, Go check it out and be like Michelle and the rest of my wonderful patrons. Again, Michelle, thank you very, very much. Let's take a quick refresher here on our time signatures, starting off with 2-4 time. When we see a time signature, we see two numbers right on top of each other, and there's a line between them. That top number is how many beats are in the measure. Think about beats like seconds. And then we've got the bottom number, which is what gets the beat. So we know when we see that particular something that that is a full measure or a full count of a beat. So if our two and our four are together, that means we've got two beats in the measure and the quarter note gets the beat. So that four stands for the quarter note. Now, if we want to strum that basically, we play it like this. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. And that's it. We don't even go beyond two. We just count one, two over and over again. And two, four is used for quick paced songs, marches, fiddle tunes, things like that. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Then we have three, four time. Three beats in the measure. Quarter note still gets the beat. So that's going to be one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, that's right, it's waltz time. 
and it's a very, very lovely way of getting people in the mood to slow dance. I might mention here that that bottom number can change. It can change to an eight, for example. We could have three eight time in which we've got three beats in the measure, but it's the eighth note that gets the beat instead of the quarter note. So sometimes that number will change and that'll give you further instructions on what to do with the piece. Finally, we've got four four time, also known as common time because it is so commonly used. Four beats in the measure and the quarter note gets the beat and we count it like this. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, of course, there are other note durations besides the quarter note and the eighth note. We have sixteenth notes as well. So let me just give you a real quick cadence that is a good thing to work on that's going to work that muscle memory and it's also going to make you a lot more calibrated. It's going to make you a lot more consistent when you're strumming. We'll take our quarter notes. One, two, three, four. One measure of quarter notes. Then we'll do one measure of eighth notes. That's going to be two strums per quarter note because there's two eighths inside of every quarter note. So that's going to go like this. One and two and three and four and. So if we just do quarter notes and then go into eighth notes and then back to quarter notes, it'll sound like this. One, two, three, four. One and two and three and four and. One, two, three, four. That in itself is a really good exercise, switching back and forth between quarter notes and eighth notes. Notice I was using a back and forth strum with my eighth notes. That's going to make it easier to play faster when we start playing in quicker tempos. Finally, we'll do our 16th notes, and these are kind of tricky because we take each 8th note and split it in half, and we get two 16th notes. So that means in the span of one quarter note, there are going to be four 16th notes in that same space. And we count it like this. One E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a. I know, it sounds strange, but it'll help you keep track of where you're at in the measure because every grouping is different. There's a grouping of one, a grouping of two, a grouping of three, and a grouping of four. And each grouping has a number, then E and or a, as an identifier. So one E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a, meaning that you could say, let's go to the E of three. Let's go to the A uh of four. And you'll specifically be having a name and a location for each one of those 16th notes. Same goes for all of our notes. There's no confusion. You'll know exactly where each one of them is. So let's put this in context. How are we gonna play the 16th notes? Let's compare them to eight notes. We'll go one and two and three and four and for the eight notes. Sixteenth notes go like this. One E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a. Now, if we go at a nice moderate speed, you'll be able to manage those. 
as we start getting faster and faster in tempo, 16th notes can get, as Dr. Strange once lovingly put it, they can get out of hand. So we want to make sure that we're doing a very consistent count with this. So this is what this exercise, this cadence, is all about. It's playing a quarter note measure, a measure of eight notes, a measure of 16th notes, and then going back to our quarter and playing this over and over again at a consistent, nicely moderate tempo, like this. One, two, three, four. One and two and three and four and one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one. Two, three, four. One and two and three and four and one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one. Do that over and over again, and you're going to build up a really strong muscle memory and a recognition for the quarter notes, the eighth notes, and the sixteenth notes. Do that a little bit every single day, about three minutes of it, and do it at about 68 beats per minute. Keep it nice and mellow, nice and moderate. It's harder to play slow than it is to play fast, believe it or not. Do that a whole bunch, and then after you feel comfortable with it, turn off the metronome and then do it just trusting your own consistency, and that's the way to go. Now, let's put that aside and let's revisit our two, four, three, four, and four, four, but with a twist. The twist is, I'm gonna teach you now how to play basic chords, three basic chords, and these chords are gonna be the ones you're gonna use a whole lot when you're playing mountain dulcimer. They are the one, the four, or five chords. They're built off the first, fourth, and fifth notes of the scale. Any key we play in, if we use the chords built off the first, fourth, and fifth notes of the scale, we will get three major chords. And the world loves happy music with happy major chords. So I'm gonna teach you in the key of D major, the one, four, five chords. Let's look at that scale in D major. D, E, F sharp, G, A, B and C sharp, seven notes there. And then the very, very top of the scale is D and octave above where we started, eight notes in total. So notice that the first note of the scale is D. Then we go one, two, three, four. The fourth note of the scale is G. And the fifth note of the scale is A. And so those three chords, D, G, and A, are the one, four, five chords in the key of D. And they are the only naturally occurring major chords for the key. D is really, really easy. All you have to do is put one finger down on the second fret and leave the rest open. That gives you all three notes of D major. There's D on the bass string, F sharp on the uh, melody string, and A open on the middle string, D, F sharp, and A. Then we've got G major. G major is a little more involved. It's going to be three on the bass string, one on the middle string, and you're not touching anything on the melody string. So we have G on the bass string, B on the middle string, and D on the melody string. There is G major, the four chord. Let's go back to D. You could put your finger at the second fret on the melody string, or you can do it on the bass string. And that works good too. Look how easy it is to go from G 
the three one zero those numbers I'm counting from the bass string coming towards me three one zero going to a two zero zero D major the one chord watch this Wow, how easy is that? One finger you move down and the rest you take off of the instrument. Go back up to the three, drop that finger down at one on the middle string. No touch on the melody string. There's your G major, your four chord. And then we can go back to our one chord D major. Now, remember I showed you how we can flip this chord this way? You can do the same thing with your G. Just bring the bass string over here. Or you could play it like this. That's a zero, one, three, G major, and it still works very, very nicely. DAD tuning is cool like that. We can flip all of our chords over and make them inversions. We can change the order of pitches inside of the chord and make it sound a little bit different. Kind of a neat little perk. Finally, we have our five chord, A major. There's a couple of ways of playing this. There's an easy way, and there's a terrible, terrible, awful hard way. It isn't really terrible and hard, but a lot of people don't like the stretch. To get a pure A major chord, it's one, two, four. Staying in the same lower area of the mountain dulcimer, that's kind of a stretch for some folks. This is not the favorite chord of a lot of people. We have A right here. We have C sharp on the middle string, E on the bass string. If you're having a hard time making this stretch, however, you can also play this chord very simply by simply playing 101. One on the bass string, one on the melody, nothing on the middle string. All we're playing is A and E. We don't have a C sharp in there, but it works as A. And that's what many people like to use for an A major chord. So if you are having a hard time with the one, two, four, or the four, two, one, if you flip it over or invert the chord, then you're gonna to wanna to go ahead and play the 101 chord. And that sounds fine. An easier version of A major would be an L shape, four, four, six and a half. But that chord in all of its pitches that pitch meaning how high or how high, how low the notes are, they're kind of in a upper neighborhood from the other two chords we're playing. And we're trying to keep the chords and all of their attendant notes living in the same basic area. So if you're having a really hard time with A here, try using this A, 101. And if you want to get all three notes, then sure, come on up here and play four, four, six and a half, or six and a half, four, four, like that. If you're a beginner, that might be getting too deep for you, but give it a shot anyway, because eventually you will be crossing that border. All right, now let's go ahead and take a look at putting these together. We have our D major chord. We can just go to G major like this, and then we can do this for A, and then back down to our D. We can change the shape of these from D, go to the G. Come on down and do this for the A, and then back here for the D. For now, we're gonna concentrate on staying in the lower region, note-wise, of the mountain dulcimer, although this is the top of the instrument, the lower notes are here. 
This is the bottom of the instrument, but the higher notes are here. It can be confusing. We like to stay right about here in this area because a lot of the notes and chords are much easier to reach, and they sound great because they're nice and low down here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off with 2-4 time. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And we're going to play chords while we do this. So how are we going to make that happen? We're going to go like this. So we're going to one, two, one, two. So for two, four time, let's hold on to these chords for a little bit and not change them very quickly. We can go one, two, one, two, change, one, two, one, two, change, one, two, one, two, change, one, two, one, two, and we'll hold it there. We won't change right away. So I think we're going to be looking at doing two measures per chord. One, two, one, two, then we change the chord. One, two, one, two, then we change the chord. So let's go ahead and do that really, really nice and mellow speed here. Tempo. One, two, one, two. D. G. A. D. Now do D again. D. Playing along with me, and I'll talk about a couple of other things here. First of all, the area that I'm strumming in is called the sweet spot. Every dulcimer has got one. It just sounds really nice and mellow somewhere right around your lower tone holes. Now I know that we all have something called a strum hollow right here. Let's stop playing for a second. The strum hollow is a lovely place to strum your dulcimer, but it's up to you what kind of sound you're looking to get. Listen to what happens as I strum from the sweet spot and then move my strumming location into the strum hollow close to the bridge. Listen to this. What happened there? There's a lot of physics going on there, but I will say simply this, where the strings are connected to the ends of the fretboard, there is more tension than the middle of the fretboard. And where there's more tension, you're not gonna have as much resonance. And where you don't have a lot of resonance, you're gonna get that kind of a nasal, tinny sound. Now listen to what happens as I strum and move away from the bridge closer into the strum hollow, past the strum hollow, into the sweet spot, where the lower tone holes are located. Listen to the quality of the tone. Oh yes, it sounds warm and rich and open and lovely. And that's why many people like to play right, right in this sweet spot area. Everyone's got one on their mountain dulcimer. You'll find yours, and then you can decide if you want to play in the strum hollow 
or play the sweet spot. Or you really don't have to stick with one or the other. You can move back and forth depending on what sound you're looking for or what feel you're looking for. The strings feel a little different here than they do over here. And you might be able to use that to your advantage. All right, so we've gone ahead and we've strummed our D, G, A, our one, four, five chords using two, four time. Now let's go ahead and do the same thing, but we're gonna do it with three, four time. And that's gonna be a waltz time. So how are we gonna do that? One, two, three, one. Let's do D. One, two, three, one, two, to G. One, two, three, one, two, to A. One, two, three, one, two, to D. One, two, three, one, two. Let's do it again. One, two, three, one, two, three. Going to G. Two, three, one, 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 two, three. Awesome, good. That's kind of fun. Now, what I'm showing you right now is a very, very, very basic way to start moving chords around while strumming in these different time signatures. Later on, you'll be able to kind of fine tune that and make it sound, you know, less, uh, less restricted. You'll be able to have a lot more fun with it. But right now, we're going to keep things real simple and nice and basic so you can get it under your fingers, make it part of your toolkit, and then open up and discover some other things. So there's three, four time moving our one, four, five chords. Now we're going to do one more four, four time or common time. And we'll do it like this. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now we're doing just one measure, one measure, one chord. So one measure a chord, next measure we change chords, next measure we change chords. Notice we're playing D twice as long as the other ones. So we're kind of coming back, we're using that as a launching pad for our pattern. Let's go ahead and play 4-4 four, four using one chord per measure. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. information. We have our 2-4, 3-4, and 4-4 four, four time signatures. We have our 1-4-5 chords, chords that are built off the first, fourth, and fifth notes of the scale. In the case of D major, these are D, G, and A. All I got's a red dulcimer, three chords and the truth. You know how it goes. So all we're doing is we're moving them around. This is going to get you used 
to moving these chords around in these different time signatures. You'll be able to hear how it flows. You'll be feeling how it moves. Your eyes will see where your hands go as you're playing this type of thing. What we're doing is we're laying down data. We're putting in all of this good information to be brought back later on when you're playing different tunes. It's a very, very basic exercise, but if you do it a little bit every single day, you'll find that playing in those time signatures is no sweat. And playing with these three chords is no problem at all. Play around with it a little bit more, and I'll have some more for you next week in this Summer Strummin' series of episodes here on Dulce America. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.